to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. At your Bible, we also have it on the screen. Verse 24, are you ready? Jesus is speaking, and he says, Therefore, whosoever, that's anybody at any time, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Who wants to be wise? Right, seven of you, okay. Which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these things of mine, and doeth them not, both categories of people heard, only one did. Whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them not will be likened unto a foolish man. Who wants to be a foolish man? Just seeing if some of you pay attention. Sometimes I get an amen with stuff like that. Amen. What? Okay. I will liken him unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you help me to minister this message. Tailor it. Make it specific and intimate to every individual under the sound of my voice. Empower, enable, and strengthen me to deliver this message as you have delivered it to me. Lord, I take no ownership or authorship or credit because I know that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the acknowledgement, all the attention, all the praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This month, we are talking about storms. And the reason that we are talking about storms, if this is your first time, is because I believe that on October 16th, the Lord spoke to me and said that there were some storms that were coming to an end by November 30th. I believe in this month, we are going to see God bring some things to a conclusion. We are going to see God resolve some issues. We are going to see God settle some matters. I believe that in the 11th month of this year, we are going to see God do 11th hour miracles. We are going to see God move in situations in which it seems like people are out of hope, out of choices, out of alternatives, out of options, and out of time. I believe that we are going to see God move in situations that seem to be past the point of recovery, past the point of no return. I believe that we are going to see God intervene and make a way where there seems to be no way. I believe that in this month we are going to see financial breakthroughs. We're already seeing it. We're going to see healings. We're already seeing it. We're going to see marriages repaired. We're already seeing it. We're going to see families 
restored. We're already seeing it. We're going to see victory in struggles. We're going to see God raise us up. We're going to see God demonstrate His glory in our situation for the purpose of communicating His glory to everyone in our circle. We are going to see God step out on the bow of the ship and silence the storms that have been raging in our life. God is bringing some storms to an end this month. If you're not familiar with Christian ease, if you weren't raised in or around church, let me clarify by saying a storm is just any hardship or difficulty. Someone may be experiencing hardships in their marriage, in their ministry, in their family, in their finances, in their career, and they may refer to those hardships as storms. Last week we started a sermon series on storms and I preached from the subject Storms Part 1. I told you in that message that storms are inevitable, but they're not pointless. Storms are going to come, but in His all-knowing way God uses the storms to blow us into the right place, to move us into the right place, to witness and receive everything that He has in store for us. Today I want to preach for a few minutes from the subject, Storms Part 2. Specifically, I want to talk to you about surviving the storm. I want to tell you what you need to know and what you need to do in order to survive the storm that you're currently in. Everything I want to say in this sermon can be summarized in one sentence. And that sentence is this. Every storm is temporary, so stay stable. Every storm is temporary, so stay stable. Number one, every storm is temporary. Every storm has a beginning and an end, a start and a finish, an introduction and a conclusion. The worst storm to have ever occurred or will ever occur destroyed 99% of all life on earth. Every acre of ground was covered in water. The floodwaters rose 22 feet above the highest mountaintop. But even that storm only lasted 40 days and 40 nights. Every storm is temporary. The enemy will try to convince you that your storm is permanent. He'll try to convince you that your finances will always be sparse. That your marriage will always be strained, that your children will always rebel, that your son or daughter will always have a drug problem. He'll try to convince you that the disease will always spread, that it will never work out for you, that it will never come together for you. He'll try to convince you that you'll never get to the place that you desire to be, that your ministry will never grow, that no one will ever come. The enemy will try to convince you that nothing will ever change, that nothing will ever improve, that nothing will ever progress. The enemy will try to convince you that your storm is permanent. But your first mistake is having a conversation with the enemy to begin with. 
Let me show you something. In Genesis chapter 3, after God discovered what Adam and Eve had done, he went to Adam and asked what happened. Adam said it was the woman. She took the fruit and gave it to me and I ate it because I'm used to her telling me what to do and I just followed instructions. And then God went to Eve and said, what happened? And Eve said it was the serpent. He tempted me to eat the fruit and I ate it. God went to Adam and asked what happened. God went to Eve and asked what happened. But God never asked the serpent what happened. Why? Because God knows Satan is a liar. You got to stop having conversations with Satan because all you get is lies. The enemy will try to convince you that your storm is permanent because he wants to make God's word seem fake and fabricated. When God sent Moses into Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, Pharaoh's response to the message God had sent was to try to make it look false in the eyes of God's people. Exodus 5.9 NLT, Pharaoh looks at the taskmasters that are over the people and he says, load them down with more work, make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to lies. Pharaoh wanted it to seem like the word God had sent was a lie. He wanted to make God's people sweat. And God told me earlier this month, you can't let the enemy make you sweat. When he tries to convince you that things are getting worse instead of better, you can't let the enemy make you sweat. When he tries to convince you that you're as broke as you've ever been, as sick as you've ever been, as bad off as you've ever been, you can't let the enemy make you sweat. When he tries to convince you that you're getting further away, not closer to, you can't let the enemy make you sweat. When he tries to convince you that nothing's going to come together this month, that nothing's going to work out for you, that God's not going to move in your prayer. You can't let the enemy make you sweat. The reason that he's so successful in making some of you sweat is because your faith is no deeper than your emotions. So when you get in here in this high energy, high adrenaline, high tempo kind of environment, you can dance and shout and holler, but then you go home and you're mad at everybody. You're discouraged. I can't believe I said God was going to move for me. He ain't going to move for me. Why would he move for me? Don't look like nothing's happening for me. All them church people excited and celebrating, but God ain't doing nothing in my life. See, you let the enemy play on your emotions. And because your emotions are not deeper than your faith, every time he does something to appeal to your emotions, he can diminish your faith. You can walk out of here and have a flat tire and all of a sudden you've gave up on God and everything he said and everything he promised to do. Your emotions are no, your faith is no deeper than your emotions. And that's a problem. Because God's word is true no matter how I feel. God's word is true no matter what it looks like. God's word is true no matter how it seems. 
So the enemy's trying to make you sweat. And the reason he's being successful is because your faith is no deeper than your emotions. But if you would dig down deep past your emotions and declare that the word of God is going to be true when heaven and earth passes away, the word of God is going to be true when this storm is over, the word of God is going to be true no matter where I find myself, then the enemy won't be able to convince you that your storm is permanent. Why is the enemy trying to convince you that your storm is permanent? Because if you believe that, you'll lose your hope. And when you lose your hope, you'll faint and collapse before God finishes his work. If the enemy can convince you that nothing's happening, you stop praising, you stop seeking, you stop pursuing... You grow discouraged, you grow depressed, you collapse, you faint. And what the Bible say? Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Your storm is not permanent, it's temporary. And the most important reason you need to know that your storm is temporary is because you'll always outlast what you know won't last. You will always outlast what you know won't last. Romans 8.18, for I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Hebrews 12.2, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How did Paul outlast his present suffering? Because he knew his present suffering wouldn't last. How did Jesus outlast the cross? Because he knew the cross wouldn't last. How are you going to outlast this storm? By knowing that this storm will not last. How would you act right now if I could convince you in 13 days your storm was going to be over? In 13 days you were going to have a child. In 13 days your marriage was going to be restored. In 13 days you were going to get your financial breakthrough. In 13 days you were going to be completely healed. In 13 days God is going to answer your prayers. In 13 days you're going to have victory in every struggle. In 13 days God is going to save your lost loved ones. In 13 days you your babies are going to be delivered. What if I could convince you that in 13 days that was going to happen? You wouldn't wait until the 13th day to praise him. You'd start praising him right, right now. Dad tells me he's writing me a $50,000 check in 13 days. I'm, I'm spending the money in my head right now. I'm rejoicing right now. Carrie is running around the sanctuary right now. We ain't even seen the check. We ain't seen the money. But because I believe that he is a truthful man, and when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, I will respond like it's already done. The Bible said when you ask God for something, believe you've received it, and you shall have it. 13 days you got to believe that in 13 days, God's going to move for you. 13 days, God's going to demonstrate his glory. 13 days, God's going to do the extraordinary. Now, see, I know what the enemy's trying to do to you because he tried to do it to me too. The enemy's whispering in your ears, God's only got 13 days. Ain't nothing happened in your life yet. Just 13 days. Ain't nothing changed yet. Just 13 days. He better hurry up. He's only got 13 days. 
See, the enemy's trying to cause you to have a perspective of doubt and say, well, God's not got that much time. But you got to flip the tables on the enemy and say, I just got 13 days to put up with this mess. I just got 13 days to put up with this sickness. I just got 13 days to be in this condition. I just got 13 days to get rained on. I just got 13 days to look at these storm clouds. I just got 13 days to work this shift. I've just got 13 days at this job. I just got 13 days until God demonstrates his glory. Because if you'll have a faith perspective, what the enemy meant to discourage you will actually encourage you and cause you to praise God. Just got 13 days. Actually, I told Andy, I said, I want you to, to make me a clock. I'm going to put it on the church Facebook. This many days, this many hours until your storm ends. Uh, this many days, this many hours till your storm ends. And I'm going to share it and I'm going to keep sharing it because I want you to know that your storm is temporary and for many of you, it is almost over. It is almost over. Which brings me to my second point. You got to stay stable. Every storm is temporary. So you got to stay stable. The most important thing for you to do right now is to maintain your stability. Maintain your balance. Maintain your steadiness. When everything around you is chaotic, when everything around you is moving and shifting, when there's uncertainty all around you, when things are crumbling, when things are falling apart, the most important thing for you to do is maintain your stability. Please understand that we're not talking about total shelter from the storm. We're talking about total stability through the storm. God never promised to shield us from the event. He promised to shield us from the effects. Let me show you what I mean. Isaiah 43.2 ESV says, When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. It's not that you won't pass through the waters. You're going to go through the waters like everybody else, but I'm going to go with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. It's not that you won't go through the rivers. It's that the rivers won't overwhelm you. I like this last one. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. It's not that you won't walk through the fire. It's that the, the fire won't affect you like it does everybody else. God has never promised to shield us from the event. He promised to shield us from the effects. Some of you are experiencing the event and you act like God has forsaken you. God's not forsaken you. He never promised to stop the event. He promised to shield you from the effects. Come on somebody. So let me ask you this question. Is there an area of your life that has been recently shook by hardship? Maybe your marriage? Maybe your finances? Maybe your health? Maybe your mental state? Maybe your family? Is there an area of your life that seems to be on the verge of collapsing? on the verge of crumbling, on the verge of falling apart. The question I want to ask and I want us to think about is how can we avoid a collapse when it seems like one is getting ready to happen? How can we avoid a collapse when it seems like one is imminent? 
Luckily, Jesus gave us the answer. He gave us the remedy. Matthew 7, 24 says this. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, whoever hears and does. Hearing isn't enough. The Word of God was not given for our information. It was given for our transformation. Hearing is not enough. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. What you need to understand is that information without implementation is pointless. For example, you can know how to get to Florida. You can know how many miles it's going to take. You can know how long it's going to take. You can know how to get there. You can know every road, every exit, and every turn. But if you don't get in the car and go to Florida, that information does you absolutely no good. Hearing isn't enough. So it's hearing and doing. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Wisdom has nothing to do with your IQ. Wisdom has nothing to do with your education. Wisdom is about hearing and doing the word of God. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now I got to do some reverse engineering and show you what this verse doesn't say. Because sometimes we have a tendency to read something into this verse, to project something onto this verse that changes our interpretation of it. So let me show you what this verse doesn't say. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and does them for a year before the storm will be like the wise man that built his house upon a rock. Whoever hears these things of mine and does them for six months before the storm will be like the wise man that built his house upon a rock. Whoever hears these things of mine and does them for six weeks before the storm will be like the wise man that built his house upon the rock. That verse doesn't say that. We have a tendency to read that verse that way sometimes and it causes us to think that if we haven't been applying the word of God before the storm, then there's no point in starting during the storm. But nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus didn't give a timetable in verse 24. And the reason he didn't give a timetable is because it's instantaneous. The moment you start hearing and doing the word of God, you start becoming like the wise man that built his house upon the rock. The moment you start receiving and applying the word of God, you start bringing stability to whatever is unstable in your life. So how do we avoid a collapse when it seems like one is imminent? By receiving and applying the word of God. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you can stabilize the unstable areas of your life by applying the Word of God. See, sometimes you don't even know what's unstable until it's tried by the storm. You thought your marriage was going really good and then stuff happened and it ain't going good anymore. You thought you were on the right track in your finances, in your career, but then the wind started blowing and the rain started pouring down and you realized what you thought was stable, what you thought was steady, isn't that stable and isn't that steady. Sometimes you don't even realize how unstable an area of your life is until it's tried by the storm. The table just fell. Come up here and help me, Johnny. 
The Bible said that if you didn't hear and do the word of God, the fall would be great. So you can actually stabilize the unstable areas of your life by applying the word of God to them. So here's what I want you to do. When you realize, stay right there, Johnny, for me. When you realize that an area of your life is unstable, I want to teach you to apply the word of God. The moment you feel like something's shaky, something's off, apply the word of God. Is your mind unstable? Is the enemy filling your mind with fear? Is he filling your mind with anxiety? Is he filling your mind with worry? You need to apply the word of God. The Bible says whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are just and if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And when you apply the word of God, you bring stability to what is unstable. Is your marriage unstable? The reason your marriage is unstable is because you've never applied the word of God. Try things like submission and respect, encouragement and patience, love and compassion, sacrifice and preferring one another, and then you bring stability to what is unstable. Is your finances unstable? Your finances are unstable because you've never built them on the word of God. You've never gave like the Lord instructed you to give. Did you know he said if you would give, he'd give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. He said if you'd bring your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive. He said I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes so what you have lasts longer than it should last and does more than it should do you've applied the word of God and brought stability so what I want to show you in this is that when there's an area of your life that is unstable that is shaky you don't have to sit back and fold your arms and say well there's nothing I can do about it the moment you realize that something is unstable in your life. Your first response should be to apply the word of God. And the moment you start receiving and applying the word of God, you become like the wise man that built his house upon the rock. We can have stability. We can be stable. We can be stable like the three Hebrew boys. In the Old Testament, Nebuchadnezzar built a 90-foot statue and told everybody in his kingdom to bow before And everyone did. Except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the king realized that the three Hebrew boys weren't bowing before his idol, he dispatched his soldiers, brought them into custody, looked them in the eye, and told them, you can bow now, or I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And then what God... What God will be able to deliver you out of my hands? The three Hebrew boys immediately responded without hesitation. They said, God is able. How many know that? God is able. He's able to heal any disease. He's able to move any mountain. He's able to silence any storm. He's able to bring victory in any struggle. He's able to make a way where there seemed to be no way. They said, God is able. But I don't want you to think that what we believe is dependent 
on how this situation goes. I want you to know that even if he doesn't deliver, even if he doesn't move, even if he doesn't do, we still will not bow. How could the three Hebrew boys be that confident, that consistent, that steady, that stable in the face of adversity and persecution and suffering and loss and sacrifice and death. It's because they were hearing and doing the Word of God. We can have stability. We can have stability like Paul. Paul was persecuted. Paul was stoned. There were 40 men that took an oath that they wouldn't eat anything else until they had killed him. He was in a shipwreck. He was stranded on an island. He was bit by a viper. And through it all, he continued to praise God. How could he be that stable? How could he be that steady? How could he be that confident? Because he was hearing and doing the word of God. We can have stability like Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus and the disciples were on a ship in the middle of a storm. The waves were tossing the ship back and forth. The wind was howling. The rain was pouring down upon them. The disciples were frantic. They were telling each other, we're all going to die. Everybody on the ship's going to die. Ain't nobody going to make it out. We're going to die. Put a message in a bottle and cast it to the shore because we're all going to die. And where was Jesus? He was asleep. How could Jesus rest in the middle of the storm? How could he be that steady, that stable, that true, that confident? Because he was hearing and doing the word of God. See, it's not up to me to bring about the outcome. It's not up to me to fix it. It's not up to me to solve it. It's just up to me to hear and do. And if I heard and I did, then I can have confidence that no matter what it looks like or feels like or seems like, God is going to be faithful to perform His Word in my life. Do you believe that? Give God some praise. So I believe that we're in a special season. I believe that the waters are troubled, that the windows of heaven are opened, that God is moving in an obvious, upfront, noticeable kind of way. And I believe that in this season, if you will start applying the Word of God to whatever is shaky, or unstable in your life that you're going to start seeing immediate results. Don't get me wrong. You're not always going to see immediate results. The Bible said you have need of patience so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise thereof. Sometimes you just got to do what God said to do and wait for Him to bring the results. But in this special season, I firmly believe that if you'll start applying the Word of God to whatever is shaky, whatever is unstable, whatever is moving and off in your life, then you're going to see immediate results you're going to see immediate results your marriage is going to immediately be better your finances are going to immediately be better your situation is going to immediately be better don't get me wrong I'm not saying God's going to solve every one of your problems but if you'll start applying the word of God in the season that we're in you'll notice that things are not shaking as much that they're not shifting as much that they're not moving as much that they're steadier that they're more consistent that you are more confident you're going to notice immediate results now 
for some of you, this is a pivotal moment in your life. Because I can't predict the future, but I can tell you if you keep doing what you're doing, there will be a collapse. If you keep doing what you're doing, it's not if you collapse, it's when you collapse. If you keep doing what you're doing, your marriage is not going to hold up much longer. If you keep doing what you're doing, your body is not going to hold up much longer. Got real quiet in here. I'm glad. I'm convicting somebody. If you keep doing what you're doing, your mind is not going to hold up much longer. If you keep doing what you're doing, your finances are not going to hold up much longer. If you keep doing what you're doing, things are going to fall apart and crumble before your eyes. But here's what God sent me to tell you today. All hope is not lost. It's not over yet. This is not a lost cause. God sent this message to somebody. I feel this in my spirit right now. God sent this message to somebody to tell you that you can still avoid a collapse in your life, but you got to get up right now and start applying the Word of God. You got to start doing what God has directed you to do. You got you got to start founding your marriage and your finances and your ministry and your health and your mind on the Word of God. God told me to tell somebody. This storm's not going to last much longer. But neither is the life you built if you don't start applying the Word of God to it. You have made it this far without a catastrophic collapse. And we're in the last part of this storm. But you're not going to survive the last part of this storm if you don't start applying the Word of God. This is your pivotal moment. You do or die moment. God has sent you a message. You can be like the foolish man or you can be like the wise man based on what you do in this moment right now. You know God's been telling you that some of the stuff you've been doing is not right. You know that God has been ministering to you. You know that God has been instructing you. You know that God has directed you in what to do. And you have been slothful and hesitant and refused to do it. You folded your arms and say it'll be alright. It'll be what it is. No. No. If you want to avoid a collapse you got to be proactive. You got to stand up and do what thus saith the Lord. You have heard and you have heard and you have heard. You got all the information you need to succeed. Now it's time to implement the information that God has given you. This is a pivotal moment. 13 days this storm is going to be over for some of you. The sad thing is for some of you the storm is going to end and you're going to look around and the life you built will be destroyed. It'll all be in ruins and shambles. The storm still ended. It was still temporary. But some people didn't apply the Word of God. And when the sun finally came out, the storm had took everything that they had built, everything that they had accomplished, everything that they had achieved.
The storm's going to end either way. But what your life looks like after this is dependent on what you're doing right now in this moment. Come on up to the music. Give the Lord some praise. Thank you for listening to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more great messages, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music and leave us a rating and review while you're there. For more information, please visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash redemptionky.